Welcome to episode 135 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and nutrition. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we're going to be talking all about how to lose weight slowly. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What is up, Achievers? Hey, everybody. So again, another couple week hiatus. We we keep meaning to, but uh, to do it every week, but... uh, Every other week so far. So far, that's been what's happening. I do think, well, so Kendrick started daycare this week. Yeah. Which has been very huge. Um, And so that's going to give us a little bit more routine in our lives. Whereas before, we were kind of flying by the seat of our pants a little bit in terms of getting things done. Yeah. Um, Um, So, yeah. Yeah. So he's enrolled uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday now. And yeah, now we have those days as potential options to, you know, do joint stuff together like this. So we've got. Uh, podcast here and then we're filming a couple of videos at Achieve um, together and I, I can't remember the last time we filmed the video together at Achieve without Kendrick like just roaming around the, the gym. So, Are you having him like in the carrier as I'm on film or whatever? And, yeah, like, exactly. I'm totally distracted by how cute he is, and it's very, very distracting. So, so it'll be good just to uh, just to have that all squared away. And you yeah. know, you weren't quite as uh, emotional as I thought you were going to be. Yeah, I, you, you had some moments, but I had moments. Um, most of them were just related to like, how's he gonna like? How's he gonna sleep? How's he gonna? Is he going to be able to, like, interact with the other kids okay? And I don't know. It was just, like, there's so many things that, that I I think having him home for a year was amazing. And I feel so grateful that we were able to do that. Like, the whole first year we had – I mean, it was extremely difficult to be a full-time working parent and <laughs> a full-time stay-at-home parent at the yeah. same time. Um, but I felt like we got to get into such a good routine. And I got to just – like we get, got to just be such a part of his – life yeah. in that first year and th- then we are all of a sudden going to drop him off for an entire day and I'm like oh my gosh I haven't sat down and thought about like all what things. are all the things that we do yeah. every day and how do I make sure that now we're structured and <laughs> planning out every single meal before he leaves the house and all these things that I got to be a little bit more fluid with had to yeah. be much more rigid um, but I do think that knowing that and sort of going into it having a plan I felt like I I was more got to take some of the emotion out of it because I had to focus yeah. so much on getting all of those like little pieces together. Yeah. Um, you know, it was kind of stressful, but also nice in the fact that they, the daycare, like, I, I think they probably come across a wide spectrum of different parents, yeah. right? So they've got the super type A people, they've got people that are more relaxed and everything in between. And all their guidelines were just like, oh, he'll adapt to the sleeping schedule. Oh, like he'll, yeah. they're going to follow this routine. And like, it's completely different from your current routine, but they'll adapt. They'll adapt, and, yeah. Like, uh, you know, loose guidelines on what to bring for like food and clothing. And it was just like, so, I mean, that led you to bring everything possible, yeah. right? And plan everything <laughs> possible. But it also kind of gave us perspective and like, okay, yeah, these kids are resilient. They're very adaptable. Yeah. And they'll adapt to whatever environment is uh is imposed on that. Right. So. And I think that's a skill that we need to learn. And yeah. so to learn it young is, is great. And to yeah. learn that like, okay, I just need to figure, figure things out now that I'm in a different environment. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's great. And I think that it's something that he needs. I think that he was getting bored at home, you know, like uh-huh. there's only so many, we only have so many toys he can play with, whereas yeah. daycare has a million toys. Totally. Um, and interaction with other kids and all of that. So. Yeah. He's been doing so many arts, arts and crafts. Yeah. Um, something that I really enjoyed was the night before Sunday night, of his first official daycare, you were just like happily, just like at, at night, this was like nine o'clock at night, happily like quartering grapes and yeah. cutting like little bits of cheese and putting together the lunchbox. And it, I feel like you were very, um, you just seemed really, really happy with the whole process. It was, so. I was in my element. I felt like it was, and, and I think that 
I just knowing that this was going to be a sense of freedom for us too was yeah. helping too. Like, and, and I think that it's easy to, the easy thing to say is like, I'm so emotional. I'm so sad about sending him to daycare. But the reality is I was feeling that and I was also excited and yeah, also like, totally. we need this and we're working parents and we, we need kind of that freedom too. So yeah. yeah, there was definitely a lot of emotion in very different, pulling me in very many different yeah. directions. Um, but so far, so good. And he's been seeming like we get there and he's excited to see us. But then he also keeps playing. And yeah. I'm like, the fact that he's not just like reaching for us and being like, take me home like, right please now. Please take me like, from this place. He's happy there. So it's, awesome. it's been great. Yeah. yeah. So that's enough about daycare. <laughs> <laughs> but long story short, we're going to be able to hopefully be more consistent. More with consistent. Our podcasting. Yeah. So we're very excited about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So today we've got a, a little bit of a different ep- uh, episode, I guess, lined up. We've got one singular topic. Uh, obviously, we both had read it um, and it was submitted by a college student actually mm-hmm. who was looking for some help on a paper that she's writing which is really cool um, and we haven't really discussed what we'll talk about but mm-hmm. we'll just kind of like jam it out and just see what happens yeah I kind of figured Jason keeps being like have you thought about have you thought about it have you thought about it he asked me like 20 times and I was like am I supposed to be thinking about this like more in depth than yeah, I am yeah where's your powerpoint presentation I, well, <laughs> I feel like more so than ever you've been like keep thinking about it keep thinking about it and I think it's because uh it's just a, it's a complicated topic, I guess. But also yeah. I've been sort of of the mindset that I like to hash things out uh, kind of in the moment with yeah. you. So I've thought about it, but I also I like to just see where the conversation is going to go and be yeah. a little more free flowing with it. So I don't know how much you've prepared if you have like a whole PowerPoint. Yeah, I've got a, an accompanying uh, YouTube video lined up. So <laughs> probably watch. I wouldn't be surprised. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, so it's going to be a conversation, but it's going to be um, – about sort of one one topic and we're going to go as as in depth as we can with it yeah all right so i'm just going to read the email that she sent us because i think it's a well first of all it's just well you'll see in a minute but i just got so excited when i read the email because it's not a typical question totally and that's why i think this is going to be a very interesting conversation um so her name is melissa she said hi jason and lauren my name is melissa i'm a graduate student at william patterson university and i'm currently writing an article for one of my classes on how to lose weight slowly it's a piece for young adults to be a bit more active and healthy in their day-to-day lives without implying any social pressures of needing to be excessively thin you and your company came highly recommended by several of my classmates and after watching your videos i think you're the exact people to ask for any tips on how a young person can achieve slow weight loss progress what are your thoughts on slowness do you think that it's possible for a person to lose weight the slow way are there any tips that you would recommend as a starting off point for people that are interested in losing weight any advice would be amazing and i would really appreciate it thank you so much for your time um love that so cool so basically the article she's writing is called how to lose weight slowly yeah and that alone is just like music to my ears like i just couldn't believe that that's what she's writing about i was like this is the opposite sort of of anything that's really out there right now yeah especially with uh you know younger adults and all that and like yeah and she already referenced the uh the social kind of like you know standards that have been set and that are unfortunately set and uh yeah it was really really um refreshing to hear this sort of approach and what kind of message that she's trying to put out there. Yeah. 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 So I think, I mean, one of her first questions is what are your thoughts on slowness? Do you, do you think it's possible for a person to lose weight the slow way? And I, I think that not only is it possible, I think it's ideal. Um, I think it's much more of a, it takes the pressure off. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that with weight loss in general, it tends to be a very, um, fast paced like needs needs to happen right now and I know for myself when I was sort of in some of my darkest times of feeling like I needed to lose weight I was putting so much pressure on myself to do it quickly yeah Um, and that was always it just felt like 
I was at this breaking point where I was like, I just can't be like this anymore. I can't feel like this anymore. And I need to change. It needs to change right now. Yeah. And the only and, and I think that that was a combination of social pressure and also the only things that were out right now or that at the time were really about like, oh, lose five pounds in 10 days yeah, or five totally. pounds in five days or whatever it is, like all of these fast paced things and then you try them and they don't work and then it feels even worse then you feel like even more of a failure and like yeah. why couldn't i do this when it seems like everybody else could right um, yeah i mean those are the headlines that you hear and they get more and more outrageous more and more extreme as you keep going along because yeah. every all the magazines and publications and social media accounts <laughs> are trying to kind of outdo, outdo each, each other, other. Yeah. in terms of the outrageousness and yeah you kind of get to a point where you're like there must be something that I'm doing wrong. And then you jump to the next magazine or jump to the next social media account or whatever. And you get into a, a little bit of a slippery slope. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And then there's other things that happen. Like, so for, for me, it would be going to an extreme and feeling like I failed and then kind of going in the opposite extreme and just like giving up, kind of letting everything go and then starting over again. Yeah. So that was sort of my cycle was like, go on this extreme diet. Don't see the results I wanted to see. I'm a failure. I'm never going to be able to do this. Like I, why even try? Yeah. binge eat for weeks and then be like I feel horrible I need to go back on this extreme diet and just like that back and forth constantly totally. um, but there was never nobody ever really said like hey try out this really slow really pro like progressive just like plan that eventually over time you're gonna get to where you want to be and the fact that that's just never even in our heads that if we take things slow we're most likely gonna we're more likely going to be able to be successful in the long run totally right? yeah and we're so short-sighted and and fast-paced in our lives that we we can only see tomorrow like we can only see yeah. how we feel right now and we just hate how we feel right now and we need to see a change immediately and if we can see that if we take this slow and if we kind of map this out in over the course of maybe a year then after that year we may be able to sustain that forever we may right. be able to feel great forever yeah. um, after that if we can then maintain all those things that we've gradually built totally on. yeah yeah i almost think that it's not even um, about uh losing uh, losing weight if, if that's your goal yeah. but losing yeah. weight uh slowly but more just about not rushing the process yeah. and really just being patient and kind of trusting the process and focusing more on consistency and the overall steps are going to help you to get to where you want to go. Yeah. Um, so it's more about not rushing and trying to hack your way into those results, but more about just being patient, right? And yeah. being patient with yourself really too. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally agree. And I, I should have mentioned that in the beginning is that I think one of the, one of the bigger overarching issues is that people are being pushed to feel like they need to lose weight when sometimes they really don't. Like totally, maybe yeah. sometimes that all they need to do is, well, they need to do whatever they want to do, but yeah. <laughs> like to be healthier, mm -hmm. sometimes it's oftentimes it's not all about losing weight yeah. to be healthier. Oftentimes it's about including better foods in your diet and being more active and all of these things that are actions that are going to make you healthier and make you feel better mm -hmm. that don't necessarily need to lead to weight loss. And yeah. I think that that's an overarching issue in, of, in and of itself is that being healthier doesn't mean being thinner. Yeah. And that needs to be out there more. And that needs right. to be shouted from the rooftops more. And I do, we're, we're seeing it more. I, d I definitely think that there's more accounts on Instagram and there's more people out there who really are saying like, hey, look at what I can do as a bigger person. Look at what I can do as a disabled person. Look at, or a differently abled person. Like all of these different things that are like, you don't have to look like this person on the magazine to be considered fit yeah and or to feel good about yourself to feel good in your own skin and i think that 
that needs to be prioritized yeah. over any weight loss strategy, really. Right. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. a, and 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 then at the same time, if weight loss is a goal for you, you just have to really dig deep into why and into like what is the result? What is that result going to give you? Mm. Like, what are you going to gain from losing weight? And I think that for a lot of people. They think like, I'll just get more self-confidence, like I'll, I'll feel better about myself. And then you lose 10 pounds and you find all the other things that you don't like about yeah. yourself. So sometimes that's not enough. It, sometimes it has to be more tangible. It has to be like, I'll be able to go on bike rides with my friends and not feel like I'm holding everyone back. I'll be able to run a 5K whenever I want. Like yeah. all of these things that feel more like I can accomplish more and, and those things things are more internal like the the pride that you feel about those things is a little bit more internal as opposed yeah. to i'll look in the mirror and like what i see yeah um, yeah because you're always going to be able to find things that you don't like about yourself totally when you yeah look in the mirror absolutely um and so yeah i guess you know i think anytime we address weight loss or fat loss and all these questions we always do our best to make sure that we lead with some sort of conversation about that no matter how many times it sounds like we're a broken record if mm. you've been listening to us for the past, you know, 140 episodes or so. <laughs> um, but yeah, we always want to lead with that. But now let's go into, okay, let's say that someone has established that they do want to lose weight. Maybe right. they want to lose five pounds, 10 pounds, whatever it might be. Um, how, what are kind of the strategies that we would employ at Achieve to our members in order to help someone get there, um, but also not rushing the process either? Yeah, um, I think that's great. So the first thing we would do is sort of ask people to just take stock of what they're currently doing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people don't even know what they're really currently doing. Yeah. Like, what are you eating on a daily basis? Like, how many snacks are you actually having during the day? And yeah. a lot of us are sort of mindless in the way that we're eating throughout the day. Um, and so I think just taking a little log and I think depending on this always depends on the person that you're dealing with, True, right? Yep. So for me, when when that was suggested to me, I started weighing all my food, counting all my calories. Like I, I took it a little bit too far in terms of trying to track every single thing that I was taking in and yeah. then trying to burn more calories than that. I think that the suggestion that I would give to someone is just write down um, just what you ate. Mm. I don't care how much of it it was. I yeah. just like what time and, and what you ate. Um, so in the morning, if you wake up and you just have a cup of coffee, just write cup of coffee. And then if you eat breakfast at 9 a.m., just write 9 a.m. bowl of cereal. Like yeah. it doesn't have to be so all-encompassing of like every calorie, every macronutrient breakdown, everything totally, like that. Yeah. But just start to take stock of what are you doing in general. Um, and then take stock of how much you're moving in general. So how many days a week are you going to the gym or running or doing yoga, like all of the different activities that you're doing and just start writing that down so you can see the trends in your life right now. Yeah. Because you have to have a starting point or an understanding of your starting point if you want to then get to a, a new end goal. Yeah, right? totally. Um, so that would be my first suggestion is just take stock of what's going on and then find one thing that you feel that you could change that would get you toward the, the direction of your goal but would be a very easy thing to change. Yeah. I think the first step has to be easy. Mm -hmm. If it's not easy, you're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to feel like you're failing right off the bat. And totally. as soon as that happens, it just sets you so far back. Yeah. As soon as you feel like that moment where you're like, I can't do this. I'm not disciplined enough. You start to have all that negative self-talk mm -hmm. of, I, why is this so hard for me? Why can't I do this? Like, what's wrong with me? Make that first step so, so easy. It should feel like it's not hard enough. And yeah. I say that all the time. And I, that's what I love about this question is that she's asking, how can we do this slowly? And I feel like, how can you, like, it's the only way to do it. <laughs> I feel like it's the only way to really yeah. do it. And so the first step has to be so easy. So I think that, 
when you're working with someone or when you're making this decision for yourself, I, I like to ask people, I got this from um, Precision Nutrition, actually, yeah. that they ask on a scale of one to 10, how confident are you that you can make this change right now? And you need to be at a nine or a 10 yeah. on that first couple, on those first couple of steps or else it's not going to happen yeah. and you're going to set yourself back. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, and especially just taking a baseline because, yeah, people either they don't know what they're kind of like naturally doing on a daily basis or they're always on some sort of plan that is yeah. kind of forcing them out of their routine. But yeah. just to take stock of just your average day, average week, like what does it look like and kind of like taking a snapshot of that. Yeah. And it's really difficult, I think, to write that down and not have like emotion attached mm. to it. Yeah. Um, and you might even kind of leave some stuff out. Even if you're mm. the only one that's going to read it, you, you might leave out a couple of the things that you've taken stock yeah. of. Right? Guilty, guilty <laughs> of doing that several times. In the yeah. Past. yeah. So it's definitely a, a tough thing to do. And I think um, going back to, you said there, you know, there, it depends on the person um, that you can really get overboard with some of the tracking. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, what we found was that even the people that are type A, they're trackers, they love numbers and data, they can still get thrown for a loop when they start tracking that even more. Yeah. It, it gets them into um, you know, a not great place, even though it kind of suits their uh, uh, kind of like way of thought. Yeah, yeah. personality, uh, quote unquote. So um, yeah, just kind of wanted to bring up a couple of points there that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. And so I think, I, I guess thinking about trying to be more tangible about like, okay, what might some of those steps be, right? And yeah. So if you're somebody who's like, okay, I do want to get started on this, what could be one of my first steps? Um, I think something that could be pretty simple is like, um, say you're looking at your day and I, I like for the first step to be adding something rather than taking away. Mm, I always that. think yeah. that that feels really empowering versus like, I'm losing something. Yeah. And so I always like the first step to either be like adding more protein or adding more vegetables to your diet. Yeah. And I do think that w by doing that, oftentimes something else just naturally goes away. So sometimes if you add more protein, you realize that you're fuller because protein is more satiating and you may not have to eat that cookie after dinner or whatever it is, or maybe you still do, mm -hmm. but making that first step, something about addition, ad adding something healthier to your routine. I think it's a very empowering way to start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so adding more protein, because typically I do think that people need a lot more protein in their diets, mm -hmm. um, especially if they're going to be hopefully strength training as well, Yeah. <laughs> um, which is hopefully a, a, a side part of this whole process for them. Um, and then adding, I mean, there's really nothing wrong with ever adding some more vegetables to your diet, yeah. <laughs> right? And it just feels good. Like they're foods that make you feel, feel good. Yeah. Um, so that would usually be my first recommendation for people. Yeah, I love that. It, it is so much more empowering to think about oh, here's some things that I need to do in addition that feel very controllable rather than just really trying to rely on willpower and mm -hmm. depleting or diminishing or taking away things that you're currently doing. Because yeah. it just takes so much, it takes like double, triple the amount of effort to detract something than add something in. Right, yeah, yeah definitely. And then, and then I think it could go into more like replacing Instead mm -hmm. of adding, you could go to yeah. replacing. So then you could go to like, okay, I, I really feel like I, I always need something sweet after dinner. Mm -hmm. And that was me forever. I was like, I have to have something sweet after dinner. And I, so then I would start to like try to make it a healthy, sweet thing. And that could be a first step. Like yeah. you could go from like, okay, I usually have like a bowl of ice cream yeah. after dinner. I'm going to make, um, I'm going to make my own like, you make your own ice cream, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can make like banana ice cream. Have yeah. you ever used that, done that? Yeah, yeah. So you can make like a banana ice cream. Well, you made is, it for me and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I used to make it all the time, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I should go back to that. Um, but, but that's something that you can do that replaces the ice cream 
with another version of ice cream it's not like it's not the same it's got a little bit more like it's got some more nutrients in it it's a little bit healthier but it's still calories at the end of the night and it's still something sweet and it's still something that kind of like makes you feel like you got what you needed in that moment yeah and then over time maybe you can start to decrease the amount that you have because the reality is that replacing ice cream with banana ice cream is still going to be around like it's still calories after yeah. dinner that you might not really need it might more be like a mental just like I think I need this or I think right. I want this or this is habit for me and something that I'm used to doing um so it's still not like necessarily ideal in terms yeah. of like if you were going to plan out a perfect day and maybe ice cream wouldn't be at the end of it or yeah. maybe, maybe it would <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I'm backtracking a lot and the reason I backtrack a lot is because I just I really like to I like the idea that we're all just in control of our choices and there are no good or bad choices so I hate to say that having ice cream at the end of the day is bad because for some people it's not for some people like it is it's okay if they're still doing other things in their life that are healthy and making them feel good and that if that ice cream that small bowl of ice cream is just like in a like a literal cherry on the top of the cake at the end of the day that they that makes them feel good so yeah. i just get i that's why i i backtrack yeah that makes sense i know? mean especially because we have sweets more often than not after dinner yeah, right we have yeah. something after dinner um what's really funny though with that is i i try to think back to sort of my um whole journey with this and what i had to do now i have sweets most nights right mm-hmm I used to have to have something yep. every night. And I had to actually get myself to a point where I didn't have something every night to now get to the point where I enjoy something every night. Yeah. But I don't have – if we don't have it in the house, I'm not freaking out. I'm That's not, true. like, losing my mind. I'm not feeling like, oh, my God, I'm still really hungry. It's truly a treat. It's yeah. truly something that I just enjoy and want to have. Yeah. Um, and I can have a small amount. I could have a small piece of chocolate. Yeah. Whereas it used to be – if I had one taste of ice cream, I'm having a pint of ice cream and yeah. I needed a lot of it. And cause it was, it felt addicting. It felt like I needed it. Totally. Um, so I think that there's this whole journey that, pe- that you do go through. And so it also, again, is one of those areas where it's going to be so individual mm-hmm. where some people might just be like, you know what? I need to stop this cold Turkey. Like I need to just not have dessert for a little while and see what happens. And for some people it's going to be, good they're gonna be like okay yeah. great i don't need this anymore and actually now when i am presented with dessert i could make the decision yes or no without it being such an emotional thing it's just like you know what i i would like a brownie yeah or no i'm good and having that ability to make that decision more um like rationally with yourself as mm-hmm. opposed to it feeling like i need this so badly right now like there's i can't go to bed without having yeah. something sweet um and i do think that that's the difference between how where i used to be and where i'm at now that makes sense yeah and i I like that you backtracked and i I think it's because this is such a complicated topic Mm -hmm. there is no you know one answer in either direction like Mm we it would almost be easier if we had this sort of like avatar of a person that we're talking to or like a a client or member in mind that we can recommend strategies to but like to it's so difficult to give broad overarching statements that apply to everyone. So I think, I think this is the reason why it's good that we're just kind of like talking it out yeah. just, just walking through kind of uh, the general progression. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess next step, do you want to talk about strength training unless you had something else to talk about on that? Um, yeah, front. I can go, no, I can go there. I mean, I think that addition and then replacing is mm-hmm. kind of like my first two steps. I do like that as sort of two steps that don't feel so, negative yeah um so i like those first two steps and then i do like 
the making sure that you're starting to add in more activity mm. um, and so or just seeing if you have room to add in more activity so if right now you are somebody who's doing like cardio three days a week and you're eating the way you're eating and that's been your routine and you're looking to lose weight one of the first things we would recommend for for your physical health component would be to add strength training to your yeah. routine um, there's several different reasons but mainly that you're going to build more muscle mass and more muscle mass makes your metabolism go faster yeah in, in, in a, a nutshell simple in simple terms um yeah. it's not perfect but pretty much that's what happens is that the more muscle mass you have the faster your metabolism will be and you'll burn more calories just at a resting state yeah more so than you were when you had less muscle yeah right? and so like activities like running spinning uh things that are a little bit more um intense let's say like a like a like a like a boot camp type of class, all these activities could potentially burn more calories in the activity alone than let's say strength training. Mm -hmm. But over the long term, because you're developing lean muscle mass and that lean muscle mass is raising your metabolism, the overall net effect is greater in strength training with lower amounts of effort. Right. Um, yeah. And so that's the reason why we like strength training. It's, it's just so sustainable and it's very controllable as long as you program appropriately. Um, but that's not to say that if you really dislike strength training, that like you have to force yourself to do it. Yeah. Um, but it is the reason why we do like it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, we would definitely recommend trying to add one to two to three to four at yeah. the most um, strength training workouts a week. And so, again, meeting yourself where you're at. So if you're not doing any at all, maybe you keep your routine the way it is, but you add one strength training day to yeah. that routine. And then over time, maybe you replace one of your cardio days with another strength training day and kind of just like rearrange it so that you're prioritizing strength as long as you like it um, around three to four times a week. And then everything else, every uh, the rest of your kind of movement is – more either recovery based or low intensity cardio um so like going for a run or or cycling or not cycling in a like high intensity uh class cycling yeah right? <laughs> just like, like a riding low a bike. intensity <laughs> um enjoyable activity yeah, yeah yeah things like that um yeah i mean really you take those first two things so all the uh the nutrition principles that you mentioned for in the first part of this and strength training three times a week and the vast majority of people are going to go to where they want to get yeah, to yeah. Um, just by doing those. But with, it won't be overnight. Yeah, and it won't that's be, like exactly, why yeah. this is perfect for this question is that's that's what we recommend for most people. But most people get frustrated when they don't see that instant result. Yeah, but exactly. adding strength training, like it takes a while to build muscle, Yeah. right? So it's going to take a while for that muscle mass to then impact your metabolism, to then impact how like your recovery and all these different things are going to have to build on top of one another. Yeah. And it does not happen overnight. And mm -hmm. it really does take a while. And we see it with our members all the time, like people who don't even make a change to their diet necessarily, yeah. but just have been consistently Consistent. training yeah. for a couple years and all of a sudden they're, they just look completely different. Yeah. And, and it's just, it has nothing to do necessarily with, they haven't been doing anything extreme. They haven't been cutting out like whole macronutrient, <laughs> like macronutrients out of their diets. Like yeah. they're just being consistent and getting stronger. And it really does sort of change the way that your body looks and feels. And yeah. so it is interesting that that tends to just take place when you kind of trust the process and, and allow it to be a long-term thing. Yeah. Now, as far as strength training goes, um, you know, we're not going to go deep dive into like programming principles, yeah. but you know, the general thing that we're looking for over time is for someone to overall 
um, get stronger in some capacity, right? Whether it's to increase a little bit more weight um, each week and week out, uh, maybe it's to add some more sets and reps and to just basically accomplish more work in your given workouts. Because um, what we don't want to do is have you get your three day a week, you know, strength training plan, but do that indefinitely, right? It has mm -hmm. to continue to evolve and continue to get better. Otherwise, your muscles will, ha will not have a reason to grow and adapt and develop more lean muscle mass. Right, right. Um, so I'll say um, that's one of the, uh, the the points that I just wanted to uh, throw in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. And then I guess moving on to some more, I, I, I do have some more ideas just for strategies for long-term weight loss, if that's, again, your goal. Yeah. Um, one of them is sort of the speed in which you eat. I think mm, that that's something yeah. that people don't realize that they're rushing and eating. They end up eating just more than they than they necessarily need. Yeah. Um, and it's not because they're an overeater or anything. It can just be because we live a fast-paced lifestyle totally. and we're just like shoveling food in because we're hungry and yeah. we don't even take stock of how we're feeling while we're going through that meal. And so that was a big change that I made that really um, – it was super like mind-blowing to me how – much less food I actually needed to feel satisfied than I was had been eating because I just slowed down. Yeah. And when I slowed down, I realized that like, I'm actually not like, I'm only finishing this bowl because I'm used to eating this much, but I'm actually pretty full. Yeah. And so I, I started by just setting a timer. Um, and I would just set a timer for like, ideally 20 minutes would be the goal to take 20 minutes to finish a meal, especially you don't have to do it for like an apple, like a snack or something, but you can do it for, actually it's so funny because I was taking our coach, Sarah, who's been with us now for five years, but this was five years ago. Yeah. Um, and she was asking me about how I do some nutrition coaching. And I told her that that was one of the first things we, we start with. And she's like, I'm going to try that. And I was like, that's great. And I had only said, take 20 minutes to finish all your meals. And I had talked to her about how, when we talk about meals, I'm kind of just talking about feeding opportunities. So times where you eat. So consider like snacks are also feeding opportunities. And like, there's, going to be times that you eat that aren't like a full meal that's on a plate that has your protein, your carb and your grain and your uh, vegetable or whatever. And so Sarah was like, okay, I'm going to try this out. Like I'm going to give it a go. And I was like, great. And then a week later I was like, how's it going? And she was like, it's going really well. Like I'm feeling really good about it. She was like, but it's just like really annoying to eat a, a Lara bar in 20 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that you had to have like, if you're having a small snack, you can just eat the small, like you're going to eat the whole thing, right, right? Like the point of slowing down is like to evaluate, do I need as much food as I served myself? Do I, maybe my portion sizes are a little bit off, um, but you're going to eat the whole Lara bar, just eat the whole Lara bar. <laughs> and so that was pretty, a pretty funny uh, side note that I learned there. Um, Nice. Yeah. I just had to uh, quickly restart the cameras that were shooting because uh, I didn't realize we've already been talking for 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Plus. Yeah. Um, which is great. Again, nuanced topic that we just wanted to uh, dive deeper on. But yeah. yeah, kudos to Lauren for not breaking the story there at all. Yeah, I was just like talking to an empty chair. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. I was it's like, fine. this is totally normal. It's yeah. totally, totally fine. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's one of them is slowing down your slowing down your eating and just taking trying to be more aware of your fullness cues. Um, something that I started to do was after I started to realize that I was getting fuller sooner than I thought, then I got to, I got a better understanding of just how much to serve myself. Right. Yeah. So I started to portion out things a little bit differently, but instead of that felt so much better than weighing things or using like any sort of measurement for how much I should be eating and like trying to calorie count all those different things like I was just using my intuition and using like your body is meant to tell you 
these things. Like yeah. if it's working properly, you're actually supposed to get those cues from your body as opposed to from your phone or ca a calorie counter or something else that's like telling you how many calories you're supposed to eat. Like that your body's meant to do that for you. Yeah. And we just don't take the time to listen to it or to, and we don't really understand how to listen to it. And so slowing down was one of the biggest things for me that, and I think for a lot of people that I've worked with that has really made a difference in understanding actually how much they needed to eat. Yeah. And I think like, uh, the first time you ran one of those like eight week nutrition workshops for our members, like I feel like the average speed for the meals was like two minutes and 30 seconds oh, or yeah. something crazy for yeah. like, you know, a decent portion dinner basically. Yeah. And yeah, it's just 20 minutes seems like a long time, especially if those of you at home are just listening and like can scarf down a meal within 45 seconds because you have to go run and take care of your kids. But yeah. you know, uh, it does help so much to not let the food consume you yeah. and you actually take control and, you get that empowerment feeling from yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's definitely a big one I would recommend as well. Um, uh, I feel like I had something else in my you brain. Kind of, you usually pair that with some sort of portion control talk. Maybe it's um, – I mean, I think it's a – it's that is a pretty natural portion control strategy. Yeah. Um, so I do think that that's what I recommend for portion control unless you're feeling like I did that I and nothing really changed or, or – yeah. Yeah. I mean, but if nothing really changed, then maybe nothing needs to change. <laughs> yeah. Something, you know, a side note that kind of helps me but goes against contrary uh, belief is that I actually like to eat um, while watching something oh, yeah. or talking with people because that actually slows me down. Like if I'm in, let's say, in a totally empty room by myself with a plate of food and I'm trying to do this like timer thing, like all I'm going to think about is the food in front yeah, of me, right? Yeah. And so usually the, the kind of like idea is to not – do anything else so that you're in the moment and being like mindful about that. But I think that helps for me to be a little bit more mindful of my eating when I'm, when I have to take breaks and talk with someone or kind of like thinking about what's going on in the television. Yeah. And whatnot. Well, it, I, I mean, it slows you down in yeah. reality. And so actually I remember reading a study about that um, years ago, so I'm going to butcher it. I don't yeah. remember who <laughs> did it, but there was like a research study about um, who like eating, eating at a restaurant versus eating at home versus like something else like there were all these different scenarios that they put the same people in and gave them the same amount of food uh -huh. and then saw how much did they finish like how much of their plate did they finish in these different scenarios and yeah. the where they ate the least amount was when they were having dinner at a restaurant with a friend mm -hmm. and they were talking to their friend and yeah. like they it just naturally slows you down yeah. you're not just sitting there by yourself with a plate just like shoveling your food in totally. but you're actually having a conversation and you're enjoying the moment and you're not worried you're not like consumed by the food that's in front of you and one of the things that i think is really hard for people is we become very obsessed with food mm -hmm. because especially if we are on some sort of weight loss journey mm -hmm. for me i was i thought about food every moment of every day when yeah. i was so consumed with losing weight like all i ever thought about was food and i became panicked about food i became like i needed to know where my next meal was coming from i needed to know when it was going to happen and like i was always as soon as I got food in front of me, I had to eat it as fast as I could. And it was like I was in this, like, like food was always going to be available to me, but I acted as if this was going to be my last meal ever. Yeah, totally. Um, and it was something that I, I remember we had a conversation with, um, or I had a conversation with one of our old roommates, who's also my best friend, my maid of honor in my wedding. And <laughs> she, I asked her, like, I think she had said something about I forgot to eat lunch today. And she was, like, unpacking her lunch from work. And I was like, can you explain that to me? Because how do you forget to eat a meal? Because I was like, do you think, do you not think about food all the time? Mm -hmm. And she was like, 
no. <laughs> and I was like, I don't understand that. Like, you don't think about, you're not thinking, sitting at your desk thinking about how much you can't wait to eat lunch. And she was like, no, like when it's time for lunch, I eat my lunch. And then, but on days like today, like I was busy and it just like, you know, things happened and I didn't eat my lunch. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing either. Like yeah. nobody should forget to eat food. Like we should all be eating. Yeah. Um, but that was a mind blowing moment for me where I realized that my thought process around food was not very healthy yeah. and that there were people who were living life not worrying about food all the time. And so I do think that being a little bit distracted can be a good strategy for, for people like me or for anyone who's going through feeling like this obsession with food, like being able to separate your anxiety really around eating and maybe having sitting down with a friend for meals and ha or having conversations or doing something else while you're eating so that everything isn't all about that food. Yeah. I, and I love what you said about just enjoying the moment mm. when you're with that friend. And we also have talked a lot about empowerment and all, all these strategies are basically leaning you towards those two things, right? The strategies of adding and replacing rather than taking away is a more empowering feeling. Strength training because it's so controllable mm. and you can add lean muscle mass and it's it's such a you know easily planable thing is going to be a lot more empowering there as well you can enjoy that and just taking a longer term approach is going to be so much more sustainable and enjoyable so you know it's it's not it's it's, it's almost like yeah it's, it's going back to what you said it's it's the we think it's the only way to yeah. do this right yeah. to be in a place where you can enjoy it and feel empowered and actually accomplish what you're setting to accomplish rather than constantly diminishing and depleting and taking away and feeling like you're fighting against your own willpower mm. and it just becomes a losing battle when you're trying to rush everything so much yeah, yeah. absolutely cool cool any do you have any closing remarks i feel like uh, those are my main points yeah one other thing um that i wanted to talk about was just also having this sort of mindset to begin with um, is really helpful because it just gives you a lot of ability to be flexible and to adapt. And, um, you know, you can give yourself planned mental and physical breaks. Like, you can deload. Um, a lot of people are unfamiliar with the concept of deloading because they're like, wait, I'm already, I'm already at a certain fitness level. Why do I have to, like, take a break? And it's like, well, your body needs to recover and then be able to repair itself so that it can come back harder and stronger and you know fitter for the next training sessions right um but you kind of need to be in a mental space where you're like okay i need to take a step back in order to take, take two three steps forward mm -hmm. but also not only gives you flexibility for the planned stages but all for also for the unplanned ones so if you're sick or you have to travel or you get fired from your job or whatever might happen in your life that's going to be inevitable right life has so many different obstacles that are thrown in your path it won't derail all of your efforts mm -hmm. and it won't suddenly send you into a spiral of going back to old habits it'll just be like oh, okay this is a little blip that's happening this week i'll just get back to my normal routine next week and it becomes so much less of a consuming thing and it becomes more of a oh i'm in the driver's seat i'm just taking a little bit of a deep tour and i'll get right back on track after that yeah. so i think that's why it also helps to have a more yeah just patient minded mindset <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, that was much longer than we expected, but yeah. I hope that there was some useful information in there. I know I went on some tangents and I, I used my own story to talk about some of these principles because I do feel that like having somebody to relate to or who can relate to your feelings and your story does really help. Um, yeah, and I absolutely. know that there are definitely people out there who are feeling the ways that I used to feel and feeling like there is no end in sight because that's definitely how I used to feel, that I would never be somebody who could like – 
feel relaxed about food uh feel like not worried about my weight like all those things like it didn't actually feel real or accomplishable um in those kind of very dark moments in my life and so I hope that just by sharing some of that journey with you you kind of know that there is there is hope (laughs) um but it's a process and it definitely is trial and error and hopefully we can expedite that process for you by giving you some of the strategies that worked for me but took a long time to uh to implement yeah yeah (laughs) because I was infiltrated by so many of the sort of more diet culture uh things that are that are so prevalent yeah and I think you you've kind of um you've been hesitant to consistently share your story and I I think I think it was it's it's important to also share your story because you did go through it and it is much more relatable and approachable when a personal trainer can sit in the seat and kind of talk out what they were feeling so that they can present multiple sides of the equation so i think that was super helpful cool yeah awesome do we have a stories that'll make your heart sing oh i sure do yeah okay cool yeah of course i do okay so i just had to pull it up on my phone really quick so this story um oh so for those of you who are first-time listeners we do a little segment at the end of our shows um for the past uh couple months now it's called stories that will make your heart sing and just a little feel-good story at the end of uh, each episode to uh yeah, just give you a little of uh, lift positivity. Give yeah, you a little, give you a little smile. So this one, um, it came out of Florida, and there was um, a mom who was sitting with her autistic son um, on the couch, and I guess he's been pretty much nonverbal, like mostly nonverbal his whole life. And they were watching a TV show, and she said he never really like asks questions. Like he might say words here and there, but he doesn't really ask questions. And she said as they were watching TV, he just turned to her and said, "Would someone like me?" And that was like, she was like, that was like the first question that he ever asked me. And she had to leave the room and like compose herself because she oh couldn't believe <laughs> that he asked a question like that. And um, so she kind of walked back in and assured him that like thousands of people would like you, like so many people would like you. And so she posted on Twitter about this, this story. And she just kind of yeah. was like, she said, I guess she really only uses Twitter to like follow other um parents of autistic children she doesn't have like okay. this crazy twitter account or anything it was just yeah. like that was what she used it for so she figured i'll share this with my other twitter followers community, who are mostly yeah. just in this community and sort of in this together um but the the post actually just went like completely viral oh, wow. and it had all these people kind of sending messages like firefighters police department sports stars basketball players um all just saying like we we like you like yeah, we, we, you're, awesome. you're great and so then she posted that uh He's been trying to reply to every single, oh every single um, post, and so he made like a thank you card, and it put like he wrote out thank you friends and posted yeah. it on Twitter. Oh. Um, and he's been trying to respond to everyone, and he said that uh, he. I want to read this last part because she said, I think he understands what it feels like to be left out. So he wants to include everybody and just tell everybody he loves them. So he's been trying to individually thank every every single person. So very, very sweet story. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Cool. All right. Well, those are our answers to your burning question (laughs) (laughs) for today. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoy the podcast and you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on iTunes, we'd be super grateful for that. And until next time, high fives and positive vibes. (laughs) 